Welcome to the SEG Church Daily Devo Podcast. Glad that you joined us. We're getting some of our questions, answering some of yours, and giving some of our thoughts. Hey everyone, Pastor Matt here. Welcome to day one of our 21-day fast. Over the next three weeks, we're going to learn to send it. Now we're taking the good news that Jesus changes everything, and then we can live differently and apply in a way that might seem a little crazy to those that are around us. This week, we're gonna be focusing on service. Today, we're gonna start at the beginning and learn not just God's intention for service, but for work itself. We'll start out with the scripture and devotional reading, and then we'll listen in on a discussion between our teaching team on the subject, and we'll end with some challenging questions for you. Let's get going. Today's scripture is from Genesis chapters one and two. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Today's Devo is titled, Made to Work. If you're looking for a word that is the polar opposite of send it, it's this, leisure. This is not a leisurely journey we are on. We spend much of our life dreaming of and working toward the big three R's, rest, relaxation, and retirement, thinking that they will bring us the sense of wholeness that we desire. What if it is not leisure that is the answer, but work and lots of it? Some worldviews portray creation as the result of an epic battle between gods, where trees, animals, and humans are the byproduct of their conflict. Others see creation as just chaos in action, a result of mere chance. But the Christian worldview is unique because it portrays the one true God working to bring order out of chaos. Work has been around for a really long time. In Genesis, the Bible introduces us to God as the master craftsman at work. His work isn't obligatory. It's not burdensome. It is good. Actually, it is very good. God worked for the sheer joy of it. He delighted in what he had created. God liked working, and he didn't stop there. He created humans so that, so that they too could rule, so that they too could work. God's great work of creating on the earth had just begun. Eden was an island of order in a wild and untamed world. In the garden, he provided both a heaven of calm and a pattern for the order that he wanted mankind to bring to the rest of creation. He intended to continue his work of creation through humans. Humans were to make more humans to fill the earth and were to extend the order he had initiated throughout the face of the whole world. Work was not a result of the fall. It was what we were made for. Meaningful work, work that challenges and inspires you, is a fundamental human need. It is one of the few things in life that humans can take great doses of and suffer no ill effects. In fact, without meaningful work, humans quickly become depressed and despondent. God's good plan always included human beings working, or more specifically, living in the constant cycle of work and rest. So maybe the answer we are looking for is not more rest, relaxation, or even retirement, 
Maybe it's in pursuing more of the right kind of work. Hey guys, Pastor Matt here. We are here with our teaching team. This is Autumn and James, and this is Cody, and that is Doyle, if you guys don't know who they are. Um, and today our big topic is service as regards to work. And so what are your guys' initial thoughts for the Devo that they've been reading? Um, well, so I thought that the interesting thing about work was that we all kind of think that our, the goal of life is to rest and that God actually created us to work. Um, that he, in, in his grand plan, we, it wasn't five days of rest and two days of work. It was six days of work and one day of rest. And I thought that was just a pretty profound thought for me, um, that I need to be looking to work more rather than rest more. So I have a question for you. Is um, you're the one that is close to the age of retirement that they, you're ever going to retire. But as you think about that and you see your friends retiring, what are some observations that you have? So it's really interesting. A lot of people retire from something. Other people retire to something. And I think that is a huge issue of, uh, especially clergy, but also other working folks. If you're just stopping work, what are you doing? Prove your golf score? Who cares? It, it doesn't, you need a reason. You need a purpose. This kind of actually started coming home to me several years ago when I uh, was traveling. So I've traveled a lot in my life. And and I realized that if I wasn't going to a country for ministry or purpose or, you know, humanitarian help, whatever it would be, then going there was less. I mean, I could do a few days of sightseeing. But after that, it was kind of like, why am I here? What am I doing? And I think life is like that. If you just kind of go through life sightseeing, it's kind of like, why are you here? Why are you using oxygen? So it's not just about work. It's about work as a way to pursue purpose. Absolutely, I think so. So I think, I think on that, it's a good question that's actually in the devos for today, which is that what makes work meaningful? So how would you guys answer that question? Or at least what are things in your life that you have done in which you have, yeah, you get a sense of fulfillment and satisfaction that you would demonstrate and say that these things have been really meaningful? Yeah, so I think the obvious answer would be um, it's, got to, it's got to be something that serves a bigger purpose beyond myself. Um, but as I'm thinking about this, uh, especially the life stage that I'm in, I'm watching people and they would say that they have a purpose and the purpose would be raising kids, for example. And I think that is one of uh, you know, the things that we were created to do, uh, as the Genesis account says. But here's the problem is I also have friends and Autumn, maybe you and James can speak to this, is their kids are getting to the place where you're not having to run them from sports to sports and school things, whatever. And there is a whole nother life transition that takes place within your own life, your marriage, all that kind of stuff. Maybe you guys could talk about that. James is an empty nester, so. Yeah, we just, our son's in college. And uh, so it, it has been an adjustment for us because we had sports, we had, life was kind of revolved around that. Not revolved around it, but like our after school activities was very uh, packed and jam-packed with that stuff. And so him being at school has just been, away at university has been an adjustment for us. It's like, we're starting to like, hey, how do we, what do we do now with all of our time? Do we? So like if you, this is my guess, is if you parent well, you feel like, man, that was fulfilling, that was good, but it doesn't last. Like. Eventually, if you do it well, they're going to go off on their own, going to do their own thing. And so, yeah, and so you have to find another place for fulfillment and purpose. Are you seeing that? What about people who maybe aren't believers? How do you see them wrestling with this idea? I think they go, they 
revert back to like their 20 year old days. They're like in the bars, hanging out, you know, just go back into the party scene again. Um, I think that that's the interesting thing is, as you guys are talking, I'm thinking we fill up our time. Like, it's not like we just have vast amounts of our days that are just spent doing nothing. Like we're busy doing stuff. It's just not meaningful stuff. Like I think about, you know, even with all the sports and everything, for some reason they take on this this huge importance in our life and they're really not that important. Yeah. And um, and so I think that meaningful aspect is really important to think about what am I spending my time on that's actually meaningful. Um, so the relationships that you're building with your kids, those are important, those are meaningful, those will last, whether or not they win the game or the ref makes the right call, which takes most of our time and attention, um, those are the things that that are going to fall away. So, yeah. I got one other question: Is that what role do you think rest plays in 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 our daily lives, in our occupations, in our relationships? Like, how have you guys demonstrated that quality? Right in Exodus chapter twenty, verse eleven, it talks about the, the Sabbath day, right, a day of where we're unplugging from our our regular responsibilities and obligations. And so, how have you guys done that in your personal life, uh, unplugged from what you do? I'll give you a quote that I like by uh, Rick Warren, um, and he says that he tries to divert daily which is doing something like reading a chapter of a book or, or waking up an hour early and just spending time with God or something like that. Migrate monthly, which is that he goes to a coffee shop or something to just get away, and then abandon annually is what he does. So he sets certain times every six months, he tries to go on a, a one-week um, vacation um, to just kind of unplug. And so how, I guess, how have you guys kind of like emulated the quality of rest in what you guys do? Joel, you've been at this longer than the rest of us. Oh, sorry, I fell asleep. Oh, okay. No, sorry. <laughs> oh. uh, He's resting right now. Yeah. This is how he rests. <laughs> uh, we have taken a day off every week for 40-some years, with, with almost without exception. And uh, don't call me on my day off. Don't ask me to do something. If, if you're in the hospital, you better be dying if you want me to kind of break my day off. And, uh, Including and we, from and, Cody, if Cody and, calls you. No, that was specifically <laughs> Cody. Uh, and uh, and uh, it's our date day as well, and so we spend at least half the day uh, together. So we do that every week. And uh, and a number of years ago, uh, a mentor of mine um, was advocating for taking, for pastors specifically, taking um, a summer break, a break every year to just rest and study and do all the stuff. And, and I wasn't doing it. And another friend of mine, he was mentoring as well. And he looked at us one day in a room and he said, you are the two dumbest men in Orange County. <laughs> and, I, and I was taking it at face value. I'm not that bright. But he was talking about taking a break. And, and so whether in whatever form it takes, I think everybody needs a day off uh, and not filling it up with all kinds of stuff every week. And there needs to be a time of the year where you step back and you get perspective and rest. And I think it's important. The other side is, I, 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 I don't think balance is possible. I think balance is silly. Because you're going to run, you're going to stop, you're going to run again. You're not just going to run all the time because you can't give it your best. And so you, you, give it, you, know, you give it 95% for X amount of time. And then you're tired, so now you're giving it 85%, and then you're giving it 75%, and unless you stop to get back to 95%, you're operating at a much lower level than I think probably God intended. So for me, I don't, I don't, I don't know that I try to go balanced. I try to stay full as much as I can, and I'm not great at this. But yeah. So I was in a um, pastor's kind of learning group recently, and one of the topics was, uh, pastoral failure, specifically moral failures, and um, 
it kind of all boiled down to, as we were talking about it, this failure to take time to recuperate and always be going and being able to justify it, especially if you're in ministry by saying, well, I'm doing the Lord's work. I've really, you know, these people need me. There's lots of people who, and what you end up doing is, and, and you've taught me this over the years is, if you don't rest, um, you not only are gonna become, of course, tired, but your all your defenses are gonna be down. And you're most likely to have a failure, a moral failure or relational failure or something when you're tired, because you can't resist. Um, and, and so, it almost just makes practical sense. I, I remember reading, do you remember this article back in the day? I think it turned out to be a book that the secular person, they were agnostic, secular Jewish person, oh, uh, I think. Do you remember this? He tries to live uh, yeah, he, a whole year. He lives uh, a whole New year. Yeah, it's the New York Times. Yeah, oh, New York Times yeah. And one of the things that he does was he takes Sabbath. a Sabbath yeah. and he comes out of it and he goes, look, I'm not religious, but this thing makes sense. Like this has drastically changed my life. And it's almost as if, embedded in creation is this idea that you have to rest, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, okay, this is totally a tangent, but you realize this when you <laughs> when you have sleep apnea, the importance of rest, right? <laughs> like you'll get there one day, I promise you. Uh, <laughs> you'll get there, but like, you know, when you get a CPAP, you're like, oh man, I didn't realize how much I was not resting until yeah. I finally have some rest. Mm. So maybe you need a, a spiritual CPAP. That'll That's preach, good. brother. Oh. That'll preach. There you go. That's good. There you go. That'll That's preach, bro. That, That's really good. I think too, like the the thing when it comes to rest is we think of it as like our life right now is going to be how it is going to be forever that way. And so like I just think of like young moms or people with young kids. It's like you're not going to find a lot of rest at that time in life. But it's not going to it's not going to be that way forever. Right you will then go into a time of rest. So I think sometimes like, I remember when, when our son was younger, we beat ourselves up because it's like, my wife was like, well, I need to spend an hour, you know, in the word and praying and doing all this stuff. And she just didn't have the time or the energy to do that. And someone set us aside and they're like, it's okay if you spend five minutes, that's a win. That's a win if you can get five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. But then as, you know, as our son got older and things like that, then she was, a was available to do more restful type things. That's good. So. Yeah, that's good. Cody, you gave a quote in a sermon a little while ago, um, and the quote you used was St. Augustine. And I just like your guys' thoughts on it. And he says that our hearts, one, we were made for you, and our hearts will be restless until they find their rest in you. As we think about maybe the, 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 the pattern of six days on and one day off, but all this maybe the biblical pattern of continuing to like keep our identities in Christ and, and our anchoring in Him, what role do you think rest plays there in proximity to that quote? Well, I think like in Jesus talks about being our Sabbath rest. Yeah. And so it's not just about a physical rest, it's about a spiritual rest as we don't have to prove ourselves any longer. And so that, that's really what the whole Sabbath thing is about is it's a day from having to prove yourself, yeah. prove your worth, your identity. So the rest of the world's up 24 seven, trying to prove I'm worthy, I am somebody, I'm doing something significant with my life. And the Christian can stop and say, I don't have to do that anymore. I don't have to prove anything any longer. And so that's how Jesus becomes our Sabbath rest. That's good. I actually remember a, a talk that you once gave in Young Adults where you talked about that there's this idea between physical rest and then a soul level rest. And it moves from being satisfied in what you have done and being satisfied in what God has done on behalf of you. Yep. That's good. Well, guys, I want to thank you guys for being with us uh, today. And uh, we look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow. Okay, now we're gonna turn it back to you, our listeners. If you would like to learn more about this topic, our main resource for today's Devo is Every Good Endeavor by Tim Keller.
We have some questions for you to think through as we close today. Number one, what has God set up as the ideal pattern for work and rest? Does this pattern seem to have the correct balance between work and rest? Why or why not? Number two, do you agree with the statement you were made to work? Why or why not? And three, what do you think distinguishes meaningful work from work? Hey, thanks for joining us today. You hope that uh, you've learned something. Maybe you're inspired to something. You recognize something. Something surprising to us is that we were moved by some of the conversation we had. We didn't realize how passionate we were about some of these issues. And so we begin to talk about how life-changing they are. I hope that you not only heard what we're talking about, but that you're going to take some action. Change the way you're thinking. Involve yourself in something. Do something in response. Don't let it just be an intellectual exercise. Thanks again for joining us. Join us again tomorrow.